Welcome to the podcast where Beast Mode meets Manifesting Goddess. We are here to chase our dreams while in a magnetic, high vibrational state. Crushing your goals can feel like self-care. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, and I am so excited to help you slay and thrive. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Slay and Thrive podcast. I hope you are having an amazing November and that there are even better things in store for you as we go into the final month of 2021 already. That absolutely flew by. And I'm really excited you tuned in to this particular episode. It actually is a special episode that wasn't even planned for this month. I actually deleted the original episode that I had planned for this day, and I'm putting this one here in its place. I liked the other episode, but it wasn't one of my favorites, and I really felt called to share this one instead. Full disclosure, this is the third time I've replaced an entire episode with one I decided I liked better and wanted to uh, share sooner rather than later. I think I'm going to have a little podcast episode graveyard by the end of all this. But I wanted to pop in and share this episode in real time in place of the original episode. I recorded the other episode way in advance, so either September or October, because I originally didn't think I'd have time to do any recording of podcasts in November. And that was because of National Novel Writing Month, so the big adventure of trying to write an entire book in a single month. But then I ended up finishing my project on the 14th. So I wanted to share a little bit about this project and about the writing process this year, along with something that I think can be so helpful and applicable no matter what you're working towards right now. Chances are, as you're working towards your goals or becoming the next level version of yourself, whatever it might be, there are things that probably feel hard. I know I still have my things that feel hard. I also wholeheartedly believe that we only need one thing and one thing alone to make any hard thing easy. I know that is a bold claim, so I'm definitely going to expand on it. In addition to National Novel Writing Month, that was part of what inspired this episode, this episode was also inspired by a conversation I had at work. So I was talking with another coworker, this really nice guy who started working there probably about a month after I did, and we were both learning how to tail at the same time. A little bit of context about door building that is really going to better your life because you absolutely need to know it. Um, I'm going to share just because I want this to make sense. So the first thing you learn is feeding. So you pass all the different parts of the door to the two people that are on the other side of this glue spreading machine. The person building the bottom of the door is the tailor. So they're learning how to tail. And then there's usually a more senior person building at the top of the door and they're called the puller. That's all I will say because I don't want to give any, get in any trouble for giving away big secrets. Um, anyways, learning to tail is definitely more challenging than feeding. 
I mean, it sounds simple, but there's actually an art form to it. First off, there's a bunch of different kinds of doors and every door is a little different in how you have to build it. And you have to get the rails in the precise right spot. You also have to try and get the pieces of the door into place while keeping as much of the glue on the pieces as possible without wiping it off. Then you also want to do this fast. The goal for the two lines that my coworker and I were on were 550, no, that's wrong, 1550 uh, doors per line per day. Most days we'd started out getting around maybe 11 or 1200. It doesn't help that the feeders are also new and my coworker and I were also pretty new to tailing and then the pullers were learning to pull because they'd been tailing before. So everybody was a little bit new to the position they were in. And then on this one day, about a week or two ago, we all really busted our butts and we hit like 1350 on each of the lines, something like that. It was just significantly higher than what we had been doing. And I was really stoked that we were getting faster and that much closer to target. I might be a little bit on the competitive side and to me, hitting that 1550 would count as winning. And my coworker was talking to me about this particular day as we were wrapping up our work day. And he was like, wow, we really pushed so hard and went so fast today. It was crazy. And all I could think about was, wow, we have to do this every day. How are we going to do that? And then I went into a little bit of coach mode and I replied with some reassurance that it was going to get easier. We would get to a point through consistently practicing day after day where we could hit 1550 and it would actually feel easier than it felt when we were hitting 1100, but we were really unpracticed and still learning the process. This is it. The one thing that makes any hard thing easy is repetitions over time. This is something I remind myself of on a regular basis. I remind myself of it at work all the time. I sometimes have a little bit of resistance if we get a whole bunch of doors that are harder to build than the others. I'm like, oh, these doors again, when are they gonna go away? (laughs) But then I remind myself that the only way these particular doors are going to stop feeling hard is if I practice building them consistently over time. Then I'm in the mindset of bring on these doors. I'm going to conquer these doors because I want them to get easier over time. Think about all the things you might have once found hard. Maybe for you, it was also doing certain tasks at your job. Maybe it was driving. I found driving ridiculously hard for a long time. I actually failed my driving test four different times. And I believe a big part of that was because I never really practiced consistently. I would do a few lessons here or there. I might go out with my aunt when she was around, but I wasn't consistent with my practice. And then to top it off, I always used a different vehicle for every single one of my tests. So I was never comfortable in the vehicle either. But I imagine most of us who have been driving for a while now Don't feel sick or anxious when we have to get into a car and drive somewhere because we're worried about how hard it's going to be. 
We've probably put in so many repetitions of driving that it becomes easy. However, if you were to take someone who had never driven in their life and put them in a car and told them to drive, they would be overwhelmed by all the buttons and the brakes and the pedals, and they would find that so hard in the beginning. This also applies to anything you find difficult in your everyday life. For another example, maybe you find it hard to stop eating at night. The first thing you want to do here is get some clarity about how you do want to show up at night because our brains are terrible at not doing things because then we're actually focusing on the thing and we usually end up doing it. So if you don't want to eat at night, what do you want to do? How do you want to show up? Once you figure that out, then it's just a matter of putting in the repetitions of that habit or technique over time. And the cool thing is you're going to get a new chance to practice it every single night. And then what about something like writing a book? Or to take things to the next level of crazy hard, writing a book or at least 50,000 words in one month. Most people I tell about National Novel Writing Month for the first time are blown away. They're like, uh, people do that? But I can tell you, after years upon years of writing, it doesn't feel hard anymore. And this doesn't make me some badass Stephen King up-and-coming author or anything like that. I don't believe there's anything special about me that someone else can't also do. It's just come down to repetition over time. I've actually been writing since I was a kid. That was, I think, a big coping mechanism for me for a lot of my childhood. And then I also wrote consistently throughout high school. I cannot tell you how many fan fiction stories I wrote about Days of Our Lives. Um, there were at least 100. There were way more than 100, actually, because I wrote 100 for one single challenge. <laughs> Um, and then I've actually lost count of how many full books I've written because there's some of them that are never going to see the light of day with good reason. And even though they aren't going to see the light of day, they still helped me get in that practice, those repetitions over time. Even the undertaking of National Novel Writing Month itself gets easier every single time. And I honestly haven't been consistent and done it every year. I was looking this up on my National Novel Writing Month login, like you can actually make an account, and just to see what my history actually looked like. So I did this challenge for the first time when I was in grade 10, so that would have been 2005 or 2006, I think. And that first year, I made it this outlandish big deal. I would not hang out with my friends, I wouldn't go to the movies, I had to spend every single moment of November writing my book, because it was so hard because I'd never done it before. And then it looks like I didn't do it again until 2010. I did it in 2011, skipped 2012, did it in 2013, skipped 2014, uh, did it in 2015 and 2016, and then I skipped it two years in a row, so skipped it both 2017 and 2018. So basically I was doing it about every second year. I also didn't win every single year. I only wrote 30,000 words in 2015, and I think I actually might have tried to do a 2014 project, if I remember correctly, but I made it to like 5,000 words and 
decided that project was garbage and deleted it from my account, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. But I've actually been consistent with it for the last three years in a row, which I think makes a big difference. The other thing that's changed is that I've made writing a daily practice ever since I started the writing role-playing game I am so obsessed with. I think I've missed a handful of days in 2020 and 2021, but overall I've made sure to write at least 444 words every single day, and oftentimes it's much more. For example, today, the day I'm recording the podcast, I am sitting at 2,633. I'm still really proud of the projects I did in 2019 and 2020. Um, for some context, those projects, I didn't actually finish the books during the month of November, but they also ended up being 73,000 and 200,000 word books by the time the first draft was done. I think you would have to have no job and um, lots and lots of free time if you were to write a 200,000 word book in one month. My 2021 project ended up being about 56,000 words, so definitely shorter than the other two, but it ended where it was meant to end. Every book is going to end up being as short or as long as it needs to be. I was surprised that I finished as quickly as I did. Like I said, I set aside all of November thinking that was what it was going to take, especially since I felt like I had less time this year than I did last year simply because I have the longer work days, longer commute, and then the other commitments I have in this season of my life. However, I think there were a few things that really allowed me to finish it as quickly as I did. One thing was having a detailed outline that really guided me. So I knew exactly what was going into the chapters, which meant I never felt stalled or stuck as I was writing. I think I've talked about this in past episodes, but I am such a big advocate of having some kind of an outline when I work on a book. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to get other ideas or deviate from the outline, but having that structure and guidance makes such a difference for me. I also think another big piece of it was, as I was talking about, those consistent repetitions over time. So I came into this year's NaNoWriMo with that consistent writing practice. And I've also been working on improving how I show up when I write. So I've really been working on focusing better when I'm writing. I used to be guilty of having my writing page open and doing some writing. Then I'd go scroll social media. Then I'd go Google some random unrelated thing and I would be all over the place. And I recognized this as being something that held me back from doing my most focused and productive work. So this year, I've made a commitment to practice eliminating that habit. So this year, I would usually set timers for about 40 minutes, and I would commit to being inside that one tab. I'd often even go to full screen, working on my writing and nothing else. There were the rare occasion where I might need to look something up or use the thesaurus, but then I'd go straight back to writing. It amazed me how much more writing I could get done in those 40 minute time periods when I wasn't messing around on all those different websites at the same time. The other thing that I think made a big difference 
as I worked on this project was being even more connected to my feminine energy. This has been an ongoing process of just deepening and not always being in my masculine and my doing and my like action, but actually dropping into more of my femininity and my emotions and my feelings. And any kind of creative project is always going to be feminine. I think writing is probably one of the only ways I allowed myself to be in my feminine energy for a lot of my earlier years. But now, allowing myself to feel the feminine and express it more deeply, I really believe it's helped me infuse a lot more depth and emotion into my writing as well. And then, I know there's all kinds of reasons this project was like a two-week crazy fast success story, but I just feel like this book has been inside me since at least 2017. And the timing was exactly right, and it was so ready to be written. It just kind of like flowed, and it was inspired, and it felt easy. Obviously, it's still in its rough form, and it's going to go through multiple revisions in 2022. I like to let my books sit for a while so I can return to them with fresh eyes. And then I also still have three other books in line awaiting their revisions. So I have my revision editing work cut out for me next year. And then even though this book, this project from this year is in its rough form, I can see how much value this book, how much potential this book has to create value in the world. It's the first personal development memoir style book I've written since 2013. And I'm going to be honest, that 2013 book was bad, you guys. It wasn't all bad. I think one of my friends said it the most accurately when he said that the parts of the book where I was, you know, giving advice and diving into my own challenges and how I overcame them were really good. But then the parts where I was telling stories about how shitty my past relationships were, those parts weren't so good. And they really were not. I think it was also the intention I went into that project with as well. I went into it feeling so butthurt about all the past relationships I had. So I decided I was going to write the book I needed. The book about how to stop attracting garbage relationships into your life. (laughs) And of course, I had to include anecdotes about my past partners so the world could see just how bad they were. It was a very vindictive, (laughs) angry, ego-driven book. I cringe when I think about it sometimes. Fortunately, I know it also helped at least one reader. There are a few copies in circulation written under a pen name. Please don't try and go find them. Um, (laughs) But the book is now unpublished and it will stay that way. But I had this one friend who bought the book And she came up to me in tears talking about how this book had helped her work through a difficult breakup she was going through with her not-so-nice ex-boyfriend. And then, to be fair, I wrote the book that I needed, so I wrote the book, I did my best to embody the lessons, and not long after that, I found my, probably my first stable, healthy relationship with my partner of almost five years. It wasn't my 
long-term ideal match, but it was a good relationship. So I guess that book helped at least two people, which means it wasn't all bad. This project, on the other hand, I went into it with very different intentions. I went into it writing for my ideal reader, so the person I felt would need this book. Um, I actually did some um, sort of research beforehand, which was really helpful, and just some extra exercises to connect to that ideal reader. All of that, I think, made the book a lot stronger as well. So I wrote it from the perspective of using the struggles I've gone through to help others. It was written from such a different place of care and empathy and wanting my struggles to be able to help others. I read somewhere once that your pain can either be your prison or your platform, and mine is going to be my platform. So that's all I'm going to say about this new book baby for now, but the intention is to publish it sometime next year, probably closer to the end of the year. Don't worry. I've got book two and three of my Shark Shifter series coming first. I'm really excited to edit book two. That's actually my favorite in the entire series, and that's on the horizon for me next. And that's it for today. I hope you found this episode helpful and that you'll now look for anything that feels hard. And remember that you have the power to make it easy with repetitions over time.